Trek Off will start in just one minute, but first, here's a message from Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Ninjas versus vampires, bitches. That's on DVD. Reviewers have called it one of the 10 best indie horror films of 2010. 10 awesomes, Jason Mewes. Basically, what would happen if Brody, uh, Randall, and Jay from our movies became ninjas and had to fight vampires? Come on. If you order from ninjasversusvampires.com, that's ninjas, N-I-N-J-A-S, and then versus V-S, and then vampires, V-A-M-P-I-R-E-S, Dot com take you a little extra effort to go to their site but do it buy directly from them man because then they keep get to keep more of it uh while you're there check out the end end light podcast network endlightpodcast.com with not safe for work uh, content uh podcasts about movies and star trek yeah ninjas versus vampires.com yep it's time for trek off the star trek podcast with balls and lady parts too Welcome to Trek Off. This is Justin. This is Alexia. So let's just call out the elephant in the room. Hi, Daryl. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the elephant in the room. Apparently so. <laughs> Mr. A. Sorry, not Daryl. There is no Daryl. There's only Zool. Zool. Um, <laughs> Zool. Did you say Zod? I did. Zod, that's the villain from Superman 2. Hey, in the news, in the Superman movie they're making, they just cast that the bad. I don't know who's playing him, but the bad guy in the new Superman movie they're making is going to be Zod. Fantastic. Um, uh, I don't know. He just said he didn't know. Didn't you just say you didn't know? I liked Zod. Zod was a great villain. Hey, yeah. check this out. Watch. Kneel before Zod. Right. It, oh God, that's Zod. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a boy. He will never be a man. I love Terrence Stamp. I don't think that was his line. That was the girl's line, but. Terrence Stamp, Chancellor Valorum in Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, Terrence Stamp. Love him. The Limey, Terrence Stamp. He's full of awesome. He's full of awesome and also pecans. Um, what? 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 Pecans? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't mean anything. Not even a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, hey, um, I know we said we're going to hit the n- next two seasons of DS9. We might do that next week, but I'm so enthralled. Uh, by uh, by some things that I've been reading and watch this segue. You know, they're doing a new Superman movie because uh, they are not going to continue with this story that Brian Singer uh, had started up because Superman Returns didn't do what they thought it was going to do. So they're completely rebooting Superman. Hello. Sorry. Going a completely different direction with uh, with soups. Uh and that's that's what his friends call him. And that's and that's the, the reason. <laughs> hey, soups! Stop it! Soups, what's up? Don't call me soups. <laughs> You're stupid. You're Superman. Because Superman is a whiny little bitch. You're stupid, man. <laughs> no, because then you'd call him Stoops. Stoops. <laughs> <laughs> Soup doggy dog. <laughs> That's who's playing Superman in the new movie. It's interesting. Oh my gosh! If that was true, I would say kill me. <laughs> yeah, except I would also be the first person in line to see it. I would just would have to know. <laughs> I really would. I, I so um so I I use that to segue in two ways. Uh, one that uh there are also projects that were supposed to happen in Star Trek that never happened. And also that one of those projects were to involve, uh, was supposed to involve Brian Singer. And Ooh. it's been uh, heating up Trek Web, uh, and I was reading it, 
And uh, here's what uh, it was going to be called. It was going to be called Star Trek Federation. I'm getting a lot of this from memoryalpha.org. That's the uh, Star Trek wiki. Um, so uh, here is, I'm just going to read it straight out of there. Um, <clears throat> Star Trek Federation was an undeveloped Star Trek spinoff to be produced by Brian Singer. Set in the year 3000, the show was to chronicle a period of decline and rebirth for the United Federation of Planets, spearheaded by a crew on a new USS Enterprise. Uh, humanity has become complacent and many worlds have been... So, okay, so the, the, the basic idea... Uh, um, Star Starfleet is stretched thin, and its many of its ships are outdated. A new enemy called the Scourge attack and destroy uh, uh, the USS Sojourner and two colony worlds. The only survivor is Lieutenant Commander Alexander Kirk. The authorities refuse to believe the story, which calls Vulcan, Bajor, Beta Z to leave in disgust at the corruption of the United Federation of Planets, leaving it with only twenty systems under its control. The Ferengi have become the dominant power in the galaxy and make money by spreading the Bajoran religion and making Bajor into a major place of pilgrimage. The Vulcans reunify with the Romulans. The Cardassians and Klingon societies have evolved into more mystical and less warlike cultures, though the Klingon Empire is expanding once more, although they're still on good terms with the Federation. Uh... Uh, Admiral Nescott commissions a new USS Enterprise to return the Federation to its goal of going boldly, but with the ulterior motive of finding the Scourge. And after its captain and first officer are killed, Commander Kirk, third in command, is promoted to captain of a crew of 400. And Brian Singer was going to produce this. Um, uh, I am going to read you one other that they were going to do that's fairly kind of similar. And this was going to be called uh, uh, Star Trek um, Final Frontier. So let me see if I can find it. Why well, didn't that? Or, or are you going to talk about why afterward? Why it didn't happen? Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, but you see, here I am, and I was just reading it, and now I can't find uh, the animated Final Frontier. Oh, thing. it was going to be animated. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, Final front ear. I love my iPad. It makes it so I do boring podcasts. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> this is what it sounds like when I'm typing, typing on my iPad. It's riveting. You it's know, it's even more insane. riveting for me because I can watch as his fingers move across the little keyboard on the iPad. This is good stuff. Stop it. <laughs> Um, well, the, while you're doing the thing where you're searching multitask, what, what's the deal? Like, why didn't it happen? And, and can I just say that I'm happy it didn't? Um, I know. I guess in I, I guess in retrospect, I am I'm happy it didn't because I like where Star Trek has gone. I like like I like what J.J. Abrams is doing with it. Um, uh, but what? Oh. There's no sound at all for me. That seems problematic. Yeah. Wait, is it? No, there's lots. I'm <laughs> fine. I just moved it. Oh. Good. Uh, well, so I was just concerned. I thought I'd say something. Good. This is, <laughs> this is clearly the best we've ever done. This is the best podcast ever. <laughs> okay. So the... <laughs> um. So I'll just bring up Final Frontier. Final Frontier was supposed to be um, 
uh, an animated show set in uh, tw- a show, not a movie. Uh, yeah, it was going to be a, a f- like I think a five or six part animated um, thing that uh, that was going to move forward to I think the year twenty five twenty eight, so hundreds of years uh, in the future um, from what we know of Star Trek. And again, it was going to be Federation a little bit in decline and. And it would be sort of the rebuilding of the Federation. I bring that up because those were two ideas that were supposedly going to happen after they scrapped Next Gen. Um, and so I guess that's the first thing I want to talk about is these these two ideas. Now, the Brian Singer, evidently Brian Singer pitched it, uh, pitched the idea, and they said, no, we're not going to do any more Star Trek on television. Oh, so the Brian Singer thing wasn't supposed to be a movie either? It was no, supposed it was supposed to be a, to be a TV show. Oh. Yeah, and it was going to be the continuing adventures of this new crew in this very unfamiliar feeling corrupted federation. The idea of things have become corrupted and we are going to restore its honor. I don't like that though. Why? I I just mm. Is it because you don't like things that it sound interesting and fun? Fuck you. <laughs> I would like to submit fuck you. Um uh. no, I think it's because um I just the the idea of the Federation being just this big, corrupted, horrible thing like we have now is just I I don't want to see that. Like I like what I like yeah, about but you're Star not wa- Trek. You're not watching its decline. You're watching its rebirth. But then, um, so basically, then why not show me its start? Um. Well, they did that. That was Enterprise. <laughs> Well, that was the start of the Federation. Was that? Enterprise? Yeah, the the. I mean, I haven't watched that show. I've I've admitted that. Yeah, <laughs> the, that's no the the yeah that's what it is. It's the beginning of the Federation, or it's just the beginning of the Enterprise. Do you want me to? Do you want me to spoil? Well, I mean, I guess no. Don't spoil. I mean, it's because I'm gonna watch the junky thing. Yeah, because I do love the bacula. Yeah, and, you know, it's yeah. It's it, just been it too is, expensive to until now. It is. It is about the. It is about the foundation of the Federation. It is about. Like it, that, I mean, that's not all. There's a, it's about a there's lot. There's like of other stuff. stuff. Okay, well, yeah, I just I don't I don't like the idea of us backsliding that much because I feel like that like but that's what happens. What do you mean? That's what happens. That's the fall of the Roman Empire. Byzantines on the hill, bitches. I mean, that's that. Some people would argue, you know, that you know, Bush haters would say that's what it was like when Bush was off. As we're destroying ourselves and now, Obama haters. No, 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 Obama no. haters would say the same thing. That's what happened in the United but States no, now. Because for me, though, the the United Federation of Planets is is us evolving. Yeah. Like it's not the same thing. And like so so in order to to go back to all that corruption, we would have to literally de-evolve. And I yeah, don't I don't I, I I don't feel like that that's a, that's cool. I don't I don't No, uh, no, Roddenberry would hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But st- I, th- I still think it's poo. I don't like that. I don't like that just one thing happens and the entire the entirety no, of the Federation of no, Planets, it's not one thing. you know, it's de-evolves just... overnight. Because no, no, of that no, no, shit. no. It's not overnight. It's it's set hundreds of years in the future, and and it just things went bad. Things went bad. It got too big. It got too big, and and other powers, the other factors factored in, and and things went wrong. And it was before we collapsed the 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 struggle to reestablish that we're good. I think it's a compelling story. I think it's I think it's a compelling. I mean, no, is it as optimistic? No, but I think that that you know certainly I I like the idea of it. The uh the well good. Look at that. <laughs> we don't agree. Well, look at that. Surprise, surprise. It's fucking nuts. I would like to submit that I don't know anything. 
No, and like, see, I think you know lots of things. No, I don't know anything at all. I'm dumb. Wow, <laughs> you're gonna kill me. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. Not on Mike. No, but not where there's I'm evidence. Shit, no. I'm no, I'm no. I have no desire to kill Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, however, like to submit. Yeah, go on. Suck it. Okay. All right. Now we continue. That was fun. The other one. Um, the other. <laughs> the one, other one that you like as well, I'm sure. The the other one was was the the it was a similar idea, but I think it was that that the Federation was was really it wasn't corrupted as much as it was in shambles, that it was just like like we had been defeated, it, it like things had gone really wrong again. But I think it was less of a political wrong and more of a like being militarily defeated like militarily defeated and then retracted and then we have been sort of keeping to ourselves for a couple hundred years and then we have to go out and re-explore the federation as it was and re-establish that we became sort of uh xenophobes for a little while and now we're moving into a period of time that we're not and so it is the reintroduction and i really like that because like when when we went to next gen we got to see the klingons the klingons were different than they used to be you know and i like i like uh, uh, you like how they don't tell you why. <laughs> well, but but you, but I don't just mean physically. I just sort of right. mean they were our enemies and now they're our friends. They're, yeah. You know, and I I I like the idea of you know you go out there and maybe the Klingons are big bad guys again, but maybe the Romulans are really cool now. You know, and maybe like like see, I think you like these ideas simply because it, then then all bets are off and there's no history anymore because mm. things could be completely different. No, I mean that's no, I, I it's exactly the opposite of that. It's that. Yes, things can be completely different, but I would also enjoy learning the history of that. I would really enjoy learning how that came to be. So over the course of the show, we learn, you know, what went wrong with the Cleons and what happened. And over the course of the show, we learn what how things went right with the Romulans. And we learn, you know, we, we learn basically I just like the idea of being planted down in a uh, planted down in the middle of a situation where everything, you know, is different. And then you have to learn what happened and solve the situation. And I think that that could be a compelling show. I think both of the shows had something that I liked about it was that it was another next generation leap. And I liked that. What do you mean another next generation leap? You're jumping a forward in time. You're not doing another 24th century show. You're not doing another ship that exists at the same time as all the other shows. You're not going backward and doing a prequel. Mm -hmm. You're jumping forward you're doing a leap like they like from it, TOS to next yeah ne yeah from okay. yeah yeah so you're doing yeah exactly um you're sorry he said from TOS to next gen and he's doing that again jumping forward and finding that all the politics are different everybody's different and then finding out what happened in the meantime um I think it honestly could have lent itself to having Star Trek movies on the in the interim yeah i mean to be clear i like i do like the idea of having a, sh a, a new show that takes place significantly forward in the future. Yeah. Like, I do dig that. I just don't like it being the Federation in a place of decline. And, like, I, I'd i like to see it being the Federation, gosh, like, being someplace that they've never had access to before, you know, because that was one of the things I kind of liked about DS9 was that they could now get to the Gamma Quadrant or... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so there are all these new people and, and trying to integrate that into what they already know. Like, and I think you still have the, uh, the opportunity 
for different, you know, like Klingons and Romulans and people like that to be different, to be significantly different. I just don't like the the idea of the Federation being in decline. Like, I just, I'm not a fan of that. Not hopeful enough for you, I guess. No, I mean, that's the, like what that's I valid. like. No, that's valid. That's absolutely valid. Okay, here, I found this. Um, in the series, uh, this is about uh, Star Trek Final Frontier. Here, this is what the costumes and stuff would look like. Oh, that's cool. A little more militaristic, you know, a lot of black. Um, uh, in the series, the Federation would have, this is from Memory Alpha, would have fought a war with the Romulans ending in the 2460s. This war would have been started by unknown persons using a surprise attack of omega particle detonations. Vast areas of the galaxy would be considered impassable due to these deton de detonations. This causes a split between the two halves of the Federation. During the Federation-Romulan War, Kronos was taken over by the Romulan Star and Empire, Andoria was destroyed, and the Vulcans left the Federation. In this environment, the crew of the Enterprise, led by Captain Alexander Chase, would attempt to bring back the old days of seeking out new life and new civilizations. The Enterprise would be a Bismarck-class cruiser that fought in the Federation Romulan War, and under Chase would start out as a border patrol ship. The, the ship would have a complement of dragonfly-type uh, craft capable of, time, of travel through the Omega distortions. The crew would conclude, and then it lists the crew and stuff. Um, uh, but that's the, the whole idea is that it was impassable. The Federation was split in two and you couldn't travel. And now they've developed ways to maybe do it and you have to reintroduce everyone. I, I like that. I think that's I would have liked that to be a series. I mean, I think I think I prefer that to the other. Like, I mean, at least it's, you know, here's this big war that kind of fucks up the galaxy, you know. And there are ramifications that, you know, are are not you know immediately dispelled like it's not like war's over oh okay <laughs> everything's fine now <laughs> it's like there's you got to deal with that shit after the fact so, so i think i prefer that so let's uh let's go through a few of the others um uh the most obvious ones uh let's do that first um the 11th star trek movie that was supposed to be the follow-up to nemesis uh never happened as we know mm. um and uh, this is what it says to that. An 11 Star Trek new movie was initially planned during production of Nemesis. Nemesis co-writers John Logan and Brett Spiner intended to follow that film with a crossover sequel um, where they crossed over all the other Star Treks into one big one. So a battle takes place at DS9 that Voyager is important to while the Enterprise and Riker on the Titan get in big battles and everybody crosses over. Hmm. Um and that wasn't. A, I understand why that wasn't done. It was too fanboy. You know, the the average Star Trek person didn't know or care about Cisco. So it would be, you know, if you took the ratings for DS9 at its heyday, you know, let's say eight million people. Well, if eight million people, you know, spend ten dollars at the box office, you have an eighty dollar, uh, eighty million dollar box office. Well, Nemesis to cost over a hundred million dollars to produce. <laughs> eighty million is not going to do it. No. You know, given that Nemesis made. Um, like like forty million dollars, or something like that. I'm probably wrong on the numbers, but you know, not a lot. In other words, here is um, uh, this is the most famous of all of the Star Trek uh, aborted projects would be Star Trek Phase Two. Um, and this was the movie that was th this was the show that was supposed to come out in 1978. Uh, that was going to be a new crew on the Starship Enterprise, 
on the original Starship Enterprise, uh, Captain Decker, um, and uh, Captain Decker and uh, uh, da 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 da. They have episode list here. Captain Decker and the the Vulcan Zahn and uh, uh, Elia, um, and they were going to be the new. They actually shot. I'm looking. We're looking at actual production photos that they, they had. actually shot. Um, well, they started getting it ready. Um, it became Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Um, that oh yeah. So you know how it starts with Commander Decker and all the those characters are are all. We're all supposed to be Phase Two, Star Trek Phase Two, and the idea was that that you'd have original series characters popping in from time to time, offering their advice, la la la, um, in sort of paternal roles. Mm-hmm. And instead, you have you know you're following this new crew on the ship, and it was ultimately scrapped because uh, I think because of Star Wars. That after the success of Star Wars, they're like, let's get Star Trek on the big screen. And that started the motion picture fan pr- franchise, but it was going to be st- called Star Trek Phase Two. I like that they that they did the movie though instead. Yeah, I do too. I don't uh, think I would have dug the the new crew so much. Not well, not with that not being that soon after. I don't know. Like, I think Next Generation worked because it was like so far in the future. It was you know what I mean. Like it wasn't really feasible to have the original crew anymore. You know what I mean. Well. You mean that the timeline was so yeah fun? yeah yeah it would also work because a lot of time had passed and, and it yeah I think it frankly also worked because the original crew was still out there making movies you weren't replacing yeah. the original crew the original crew was, we're still was, out there doing their yeah, shit the original yeah. crew were that was movies. that's what I think it is like I think that's what I think if they had come out with a series that soon after like it, to me it would have felt like a replacement um, and I wouldn't have liked that there's one called Assignment Earth. Um, there. Uh, these are just episodes. Um, Jonathan Frakes developed a Star Trek series that was rejected by Paramount, who stated they had previously rejected proposals by William Shatner and Brian Singer out of control, out of concern of franchise fatigue, and uh, and it would have been the Titan in space. Um. Oh, where he's the captain. Yeah. Um. That I could have seen working actually. I don't. Really. Really. They they couldn't get people to tune into Voyager. You think they're going to get people to tune in for the Rikers? Because on the Titan, yeah, we loved Riker. We loved Riker, but it was it was done. Like Enterprise was done. I don't think people were going to tune. I mean, I mean, Commander Riker was on a, was on was on an episode of Enterprise. You know, they Riker and Troy were both on episodes of Voyager. Troy was on a bunch of episodes of Voyager. People just kind of. I mean, they couldn't get get couldn't get people to into the theater to see Nemesis. You know, you're not going to. I guess. I think it was kind of. I think people were done. Um, uh, and then you have um, there was a, a show that was going to be in 1990, an animated Star Trek uh, show. Um, so this leads me into what got me thinking about all this. Um, we had mentioned a couple weeks back uh, that there was uh, um, a manuscript out there for a book that was that was written by Michael Piller detailing uh, how Star Trek Insurrection was written and then ultimately produced. Um, and I mentioned it, and uh, I have, in the interceding weeks, um, managed to read it. Um, you cannot find it on the Internet. Uh, it's really hard to find if you, if you... I mean, I'm sure if you're really good, you can go find it. I don't want to say how I got a hold of it. Um, what a fascinating fascinating read that this thing was uh uh it was just 
like it was I had mentioned before it was going to be a comedy that that was a, a a comedy and lighter but it focused on the relationship between uh Captain Picard and his old uh like Starfleet Academy best friend mm-hmm. um and then his best friend uh was supposedly killed but then he finds out the best friend's alive and is still the age that he was originally because he was on a fountain of youth planet and Picard had to go like stop him and there was an evil Romulan half Romulan half Klingon named Joss of all things (laughs) um, that that um, was going to beat the shit out of Worf and then later in the movie like in a holodeck battle and 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 it was going to be this awesome sort like batleth battle but like joss was just going to absolutely rip Worf apart in that battle oh wow and then at the end of the movie joss faces Worf in another battle that is just epic and Worf finally kills him mm-hmm. um and uh it had all these all these things it was going to be picard is training this this planet full of people how to be mercenaries and and fight against the federation uh corruption and it was it was going to be intense but it was going to be big and and all of this thing and then and then you hear that people didn't agree with with one idea and and like they didn't like that it was fountain of youth so they scrapped that and then and then patrick, it is fa- i mean yeah well that's thing but then patrick stewart said that he didn't like picard in it and that it wasn't very good, so they scrapped that. They went back to Fountain of Youth. It, ju- it just shows the evolution of the script and how we go from this thing that I th- thought sounded great to, to you know, Worf has a pimple, which was actually in a bunch of iterations of the script, the Worf pimple thing. But, like, the Gilbert and Sullivan singing A British Tar, you know, which, mm-hmm. was, which was a last-minute edition. It was actually going to be Shakespeare. It was going to be, like, like, they were doing a play together and the Shakespeare was going to underline like the themes of the movie. Hmm. And, and they said, scrap that, make it more fun. And so they did Gilbert and Sullivan instead. I like Shakespeare. I would have liked that. Yeah. Well, I think it would have added some, some uh, needed gravitas to the film that they didn't have. Um, But it was just interesting to see how, how things get diluted and how they get changed and how they get, um, I think yeah, I think uh, I think that I want to read it. Um, <laughs> I could I could let you. It's oh, it's it's there's there's some things that make Patrick. Stu- I mean, they're all very friendly and they're good to each other. Are things that make Patrick Stewart like not it's not flattering to him. Yeah. Um, and not always flattering to Brent Spiner and. Really. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, I mean, it's not it's not like an expose tell all, but it's it you know they, there's a lot of respect in there. Ultimately, I gained a ton of respect for Michael Piller. And yeah. what he went through to try to get the movie made. And, yeah, and I can't even imagine like coming up with something and then just having everybody like pick it apart and change it. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can. <laughs> I can imagine that really well. Yeah, I can't. I've never written anything. Oh, goodness. You, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, you should you should look at what the original scripts for um, like especially Ninjas versus Vampires was. Like zombies, uh, ninjas versus zombies, I changed willfully on my own. Yeah. Um, vampires, I we argued and changed things and wrote on the set and and it wasn't always because I wanted to, it was because people had disagreements with what I was doing and 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 ultimately we we ended up with a better product. But I could see how that would work the other way. And and it seems one of the senses that I got from it is that in television writing, it's just about getting the fucking thing done. 
It's just like, we got seven days to get this done. Go, go, right, get it done. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. There's a writer's room, everybody tosses ideas around. You try as hard as you can, you get it out there, and if it's not perfect, fine. <coughs> but but you get the sense that when it comes to a movie, there's a lot more time to be meticulous. So you make fewer mistakes when you're writing the movies, but you also are the you know a lot more money is being spent and a, there's a lot of time for and people that, and i feel like there's a the, there's a lot of other people who get to yeah. have a say yeah absolutely you know who like be like oh no i don't like this or i don't like that like i remember you know there's a there's some podcast that that uh mr a listens to um that's about screenwriting like it's a screenwriting yeah like podcast and they're always talking about how many rewrites any script goes sure. through yeah and it's like that just seems insane to me like because anybody who puts their hands on it like let's say you're the fifth guy down the road you're gonna want have want to have some part of you in it like so i almost feel like you're gonna just rewrite some shit to you know what i mean to to put your own two cents in well sure i mean it's I, like look, then it's I, just it gets out of control like I, my me personally i feel like that's kind of nutty well you know? i i i have been you know and it's not it's it's known. I I am I am, I've done rewrites on uh, Gary Ugarik's All in the Game script that he's shooting right now, um, and he's thanked me for it. And you know, it's it's no secret that I've done that. Um, uh, and you do find yourself going in there and going. On one hand, you don't want to destroy what the other writer did, but on the other hand, the reason you're there, the reason you're doing, you know, as as Adam Carolla likes to say, the reason you're burning the calories doing it <laughs> is because you've been brought in because you are supposed to do something to it. So if you're doing your job, I can tell you, I there was one scene where I changed like four words and I felt like I was being a lazy ass. I just felt like, you know, but I liked the scene. I felt like not much needed to be changed. That's but, what I was like that because like, it occurs to me like I... But they needed it. The things that I changed needed to be changed. They were problems. And at least from my reading of it that I read, I was like, this is, you know, this is an issue. And, you know, I... I think that ultimately I like the way that they say that that TV writing goes because they go that there's a there's a writer's room where all the writers get together and they brainstorm and they pitch ideas out and the the plot is really written by everybody in that room and then the teleplay is written by one person. Right. And but that the that really the plot of every show is everybody's baby. It's a group effort. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I mean, I, if you go, if, if you get a chance to read it and maybe I, I'll try and give you a chance to read it. I'm, I'm not allowed to send you a copy and I won't. That's no, that's fine. Promise. But I'm, um, I'm a fast reader. You um, read a little bit at a time. Um, I come but, over. but like one of the, one of the things that they, uh, one of the things that they, um, they mention is like the points that Patrick Stewart brings up is, is they say, this is a great chance for you to, to really shine as an actor. And his response is, I don't feel like these are great chances for me for me to shine as an actor. I feel like you, you've written a script where I am playing things that I played a hundred times before in the show. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I don't see why it would be interesting to me to do this. Yeah, I could um, see that. I could see that from an actor standpoint, like and, and, wanting and, to have something challenging to do or something, you know, an interesting place to go that I've never gone before. And Brent, and Brent Spiner's, on the other hand, was, you know, and and. I mean, he has a point that the, it's his face on the cover. You know, it's it's like a, people are going to judge him based on that. I mean, really, we, we don't Star Trek's a little different where we'll look at the whole franchise. But really, when you're the main character in the film, the you know, you get judged. If you look at people go look at, you know, Night and Day, the movie with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz that came out. The mm -hmm. fact that that wasn't a very good movie. 
I love that movie. I hated that movie. It was terrible. And don't get me started on all the terrible, terrible, awful, horrible things in that movie. That the movie no was sense. so full of fun. It was so full of shit. It was absolutely. It's. I want to. Uh, it makes it's. It's entertaining as fuck, dude. As a as a wise man once said, I want to super glue that movie's lips to my ass and fill its lungs with a river of shit. It's awful. Wow, but it's so charming and funny. No, it's not. You know who's charming and funny in it? Um, Riley from Buffy. I liked him because <laughs> he was. I like Buffy. him too. He gained weight though. Uh, yeah, but he was still charming and funny. And still um, cute. Uh, but. But if you look at that movie, you look at like a, a string of movies or like, let's say, uh, the last few Meg Ryan movies or or some Julia Roberts movies, let's say, from the early 90s before My Best Friend's Wedding comes out and revives her career for a little while. Um, you look at the string of movies like like Mary Riley, you know, and it ends up being a reflection on Julia Roberts because her face is on the cover of the movie. And it's really the fault of the writer and the director and the and, and whatnot. But because, you know. Because her face is on the cover, they go, "Oh, Julia Roberts is sure losing her sheen," you know. But it's not her; it's it's uh, other people. She's uh, saying the line, she's playing the character, but it reflects on her. So I understand why Patrick Stewart would look at this and go, "I don't feel like this is gonna be good for me. I yeah. feel like me doing this is just people are gonna go. He's just doing the same old thing, and I don't want to do the same old thing because people get bored with me as an actor, and that's not good for my career." Yeah, and I understand that. It's interesting. Brent Spiner is response was totally different he actually pointed out all the logical flaws in the movie almost like datamite uh, <laughs> nice he, he just he just goes through and he's like he, he's like he's like what about this this doesn't make sense why would they do this if they do this on page two you say they're like this but to page 20 you say like that he actually like he good got, for him though because honestly like once you're at a i feel like if you're as an actor once you're at a place where you have like sway and and you actually have some weight and then you you sort of have a responsibility. And by, and by insurrection, Brent Spiner had some weight on him. Anyway, um, you have Android. You have a responsibility to to actually yeah. see if things are okay, to see if things are good, and to point out things that aren't. Like, because it should be a collaborative process about everybody trying to make the movie better. For instance, you know, Halle Berry never should have said that line. Do you know what happens to a frog when it gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything no, else. No, that was like, that was her being a shitty actress. No, uh, no, because it's just not a funny line. It is a funny line. It's a horrible line. It is the no, worst no, 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 written no. line in the history of everything. Joss Whedon wrote that line. I'm sorry, Joss. That he wrote was a the bad line. one. No, here's here's what it was supposed to be. Oh, was, please, please enlighten me as to how was, it should it, have been delivered. It was supposed to be like this. You know what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning? Yo, kablam! He gets he goes like what? Kablam, he's fried. He's fried. She turns around, kind of walks away with a grin. He goes, same thing that happens to everything else. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. This is what they do. Do you know what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning? What? The same thing that happens to everything else. No, and then I he blows saw up. it and it was terrible. Yeah. And, but but <laughs> it's the, the whole point of the line was it was supposed to be like this big setup. You know what happens to a frog, when, a toad when he gets struck by lightning? Clink. Same thing happens to everything else. <laughs> and that's that, like it was meant. I to guess if it had been done that way, it wouldn't have been the big stink pile that it was. Yeah, it but was. It wasn't a great line, and and of all the lines that he wrote, it's that a they, cop out. The, of all the lines that they that, that he wrote that they would keep, they kept that and one other thing, which is awesome. Great Joss moment from X Men. Just how do I know it's you? You're, You're a dick. dick. All right, all right then. 
Yes. That's, and that's brilliant. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's classic but that's Joss. The thi- that's, that's the thing. I feel like that other line was a fucking cop out. I'm sorry, Joss. You were having a bad day. I don't know what. But that line felt like I'm going to have this great build and fuck. I can't think of anything. Same thing after everything else. That's funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it felt watching it. That's how it feels now. And Halle Berry should have said no. <laughs> or she should have delivered she, it a better way. Or she way. could have delivered it a better way, but like clearly she she didn't do that. But I feel. She's but like, what I'm, I'm saying such is, a good actress. It's not a very it's not a very good line. It just isn't. I'm sorry. Like not every every line that comes out of Joss is not a winner. Okay. I think that her tits but, did very well in Swordfish. Uh, God, don't even get me started on that fucking shit. <laughs> so, but like she was at a place where she could have said, "I'm not saying this. This is dumb. Yeah, have something funnier." Yeah. You know? Or don't or don't even try to make a joke there or what have you. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and that's why I think it's good though that Brent Spinner was like, no, you know, what this is well, a it's problem. Interesting. This he is did, a problem. If you read his letters, he goes through a bunch of times and says, uh and says that he feels like data doesn't have much to do and he feels like um he feels like they are completely ignoring the emotion chip and he's like he he's like, Listen, I know that people want that old data back but we've data has progressed over the course of the last two movies you can't just completely pretend that it never happened you Mm -hmm. can't do that like we've progressed so yeah let us continue to progress otherwise why did we bother progressing yeah it's a good Um, point so um so i mean it's it's just really interesting the the iterations that it went through and 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 how it gets watered down and, and how it could have been one thing. And, and even what I read, I would say this about Michael Pillars, you know, I gained a lot of respect for the man. Um, it wouldn't have been brilliant what he was coming up with. It was sort of, you know, it was dictated from the beginning. Let's do a fun one. We did two dark ones. Let's do a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was dictated from management that that's what they wanted to write. And that's what he was trying to write. And then, you know, then Patrick Stewart going, I don't want my character to seem so haunted and bothered. He was so haunted and bothered in, in generations and in first contact. And mm-hmm. when pillar writes, he goes, he goes, you don't want captain Bo- Picard to be bothered. Now go write drama. <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he goes, I kept right. He keeps writing himself into a corner going, and then something really bad happens, but you can't let it really bother Picard because, because, because <laughs> Patrick Stewart wants to be swashbuckling and fun. That's what he wants him to be. But ultimately, everything gets watered down, and then you find out where they come up with the script, and things are are changed for budget reasons. Then they're going, "Can we cut this scene? We cut this scene, and there's actually this section of the manuscript where they go, this scene costs four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. That's we can cut the scene and save four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars by cutting pages twenty-six to twenty-nine. Wow! So the script then gets regutted that way. And then they shoot the movie and then after the test screenings, they gut the script by another nine minutes of the film. Damn. And you just it, it's it's a fascinating read, just like how the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. And how and like what could have been. And it just got me thinking about all these other things, you know, all these other things. This this animated series had we were looking at pictures of it. Brian Singer came up with the pitch. That's Brian Singer, man. He's not nobody. Yeah. No. You know, I mean, it's it's he has a pitch. That's rejected, but that could have been the way that the franchise went, or this animated series could have been the way the franchise went, or we could have had another, we could have had a crossover and seen everybody in one movie together. That would have been awesome. And, that would have been cool. You know, or we could have, you know, we could have had Star Trek Phase Two, never had a Star Trek series of movies, but had a no. Yeah, but we could have. I mean, and we could have, but I'm glad we didn't. And there's probably an alternate universe where that should happen, and yeah. people are less happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I just I just found it I just found it to be a, a, just a fascinating look into into the the what could have been and and the reasons why that they weren't and and just going through and going that people spent a lot of time a lot of effort you know getting this whole thing together and it just ends up not working usually for business reasons and and what we ended up with with J.J. Abrams take was you know. It's interesting that that's the thing. The other most famous one I want to bring up was that there was another Starfleet Academy one that was supposed to be done. That it was really? that Nicholas Meyer, um, who directed Star Trek two and six, um, pitched the idea for a Starfleet Academy movie to be the next movie instead of Generations, after Star Trek six. That that you have Kirk and Spock. Um, Kirk is not dead, of course, and Kirk and Spock are are old. Kirk and Spock are are leading like a like a commencement speech. And then it flashes back to their first adventure and then ends with them finishing the commencement speech. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Now, it's not dangerous, though, at all. And that's what I like about how they did it with J.J. Abrams' track is that you always there was always a danger someone might die. And and in Star Trek two and Star Trek seven and in Nemesis, someone does. So there are stakes and people and actually in Star Trek three, uh, David dies and, you know, yeah. and and you the, the problem with going back to the Academy was that, you know, that everyone's going to be OK, which is why. But that doesn't mean it's not an interesting story. Yeah, but like, there, but I, it's a, th- let's keep in mind, this is adventure. This is an adventure story. It's not just a drama. It's a, it, like Star Trek tends to be an adventure story and you can't have an adventure story where, you know, everyone's going to be OK at the end always. Why? Um, because then there's no adventure. You can't, it's not a cliffhanger if you know for sure the person hanging on the cliff is not going to fall. See, that's just not true, though. It is true. It may be true for you, but it's not true for me. It's true for most people. Okay, well, so... When you're watching something for the first time, do you really want to... I'm not saying people should die every time, but do you want to know that everyone is safe? Yes. At the very beginning? Yes. Before you watch anything? Yes. Why? What's the point? What do you mean, what's the point? You act like I'm still not going on some kind of an emotional journey. Yeah, but but you're not ever worried for let me, them. Let me put it this way. Okay? You're so never every worried movie, for them. You're never every, worried for them. Okay, yes, I would be. That's what I'm telling you. Um, I watch movies over and over again, and even when I know they don't die, I've seen that movie five times. I know that Joker doesn't die. When it seems like he's gonna, I get all bunched in, you know, my panties in a twist, and I cry and I freak out, even though I know he doesn't die. I'm different than that. When I I rewatch movies too, um, but when I rewatch, I'll go on the emotional journey. The the touching stuff will get me, um, but you can never scare me twice, and you can never thrill me twice. Um, That's like, sad. I'm sorry. Like I'm re I'm rewatching I'm rewatching uh, right now. Um, Mrs. J and I are are rewatching uh, Harry Potter and um, the last one. The what was it called? The Deathly Hallows Part One. Oh, okay. And and I'm in, I'm enjoying the hell out. I'm actually enjoying it. Even the camping stuff. I'm like, from a filmmaking point of view, I'm like, wow, the editing's really tight, and mm-hmm. these scenes are really tense. And the dancing scene with with it, I liked him. Which, I know everybody bitched about the camping yeah, scenes, but I enjoyed them. Yeah, you know what? And they and the 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 dancing scene, which is my biggest complaint, um, where they like dance to the song, is actually so much is done in that scene. I'm like, I'm really enjoying from like. As a filmmaker, I watch it and I go, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, there's, he's so good. I just watch, you know, I actually commented that the uh, the Warner Brothers logo takes 27 seconds to go through. To, like, it comes out of the clouds and comes up to you. 27 seconds. 
And I was like, that is fucking confidence. <laughs> because it really is. Because you know what? Yeah. You know that the audience is in there waiting. You know, yeah. They're white knuckled waiting for it to go by and they just let it go as slow as they want to the point where you're like, I want to see. I want to see what happens. What happens? What, you know, it's like <laughs> like and, and that's that's confidence. And I was really impressed by that. that like like that they did that. And I actually timed it because I was like, that's cool. That's cool because they know that their audience and the music is just a swell. It's just like uh, just mm-hmm. a, a slow swell as it comes. And you know that they know when they chose that as a filmmaking choice that that it was going to heighten the tension. Sure. And I was I was impressed by just that from the from the opening shot of that film that they were making choices like that impressed me. And that's what I do when I rewatch films. I go look at this choice look at that choice that's really effective. oh i look at that's, stuff like that too but i but still go on the emotional journey if there is a if there is a, a an a, an emotional journey yes but i'm never worried twice i'm never surprised i when i watch a movie a second time i remember every moment i remember every everything exactly where it's going to happen and so and i think a lot of people are like that so i think that that having the element of anything can happen and they did it really well with the new star trek movie i'll say that that they 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 did devastatingly huge things and yet they did it without killing a single main character they They killed they killed a peripheral character and they blew up a planet you know i mean but that was huge i mean they took out bulky that that was (laughs) that was huge but ultimately they killed a peripheral character and they blew up a planet and destroy the entire prime timeline, um, but they, <laughs> but they did it without. No, it is an alternate universe. If Uhura says it, it must be true, um, or Spock says it to Uhura, it They've must be been, true. It's been said before. It's not the first time that alternate universes have been discussed. In this context, no. This is we've been over this. But you're wrong. Within Star you're Trek, you're going to continue to be wrong. <laughs> I would like to submit. <laughs> No, you don't get to submit shit. No. I <laughs> know. I pay for the bandwidth, but I can't submit anything. No, because it's me. I submit stuff. I you know. just take it. I do. You're right. <laughs> okay. That's Trek off. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to submit that that's Trek off. No, stop submitting shit, motherfucker. Fine. But you submit it. You, here, you. Oh, I would like to submit that this is Trek off. And I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. <laughs>